Yo, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to episode three of the Soul Army podcast, where our goal is to cut through the noise of Web3 and beyond. This week, we are super lucky to have Oscar and James from the Loft Business Club on. But before we get to that, just say a quick hello to the boys that are on. So we got General Soul yo, and yo, yo. Mr. Corey. Hey, man. And if three of us are fortunate to sit down with them, have a chat, and see where they're at with a big project two days before mint so without further ado we're going to have them on and as always uh not financial advice please do your own research on the podcast we just were fortunate enough to sit with a great team two days before mint so without that here's the interview enjoy and don't forget to smash that like button yeah just smash it podcast performance voice yeah. You have one of those? Uh, you're rolling <laughs> you just let me know when you And we're live. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. All right. We are very, very lucky to have Oscar and James from the Lofts NFT. Probably going to be dropped by the time you hear this, but dropping this week joining us. How are you guys doing today? Doing amazing. Thank you very much for, for having us on there. And I'm excited to talk about the project and, and kind of discuss about the space and everything. Yeah. Thanks perfect. for having us, guys. It's appreciated. Of, yeah, course. of course. So, like, obviously, like, I think give the listeners a little bit of background who you are. They know where you're from, but if they yep. haven't read the white paper, interesting man. So, uh, yeah, my name is Oscar. I uh, I'm French. I'm the project manager on the Lost Business Club uh, NFT project, uh, and I'm also the one who does most of the talking in English, since we are a French team. And uh, well, English is not, uh, let's say, the strong point for uh, many of the members of our team. So I'm, I'm always kind of uh, doing spaces and doing those kind of talks. And I'm helped, of course, uh, a lot by James into uh, yeah, in, in translating uh, my French into uh, decent English. Um, so, yeah, uh, uh, project managers, meaning I, I do a bit of everything, really. <laughs> Just, you know, talking <laughs> to the community and talking to the backstage and kind of managing the team and uh, giving out a schedule and making things uh, kind of achievable, you know, and Helped by my co-founders in that regard, which are uh, Amori, Claude, and uh, Leo, which maybe you could have seen uh, on the white paper. Um, and yeah, the, we kind of formed this core uh, founder group, and uh, we built a team around it. A team that we are uh, we are really proud of uh, at the moment, and uh, yeah, that we are still expanding as we have you know received uh, so much attention and and the fact that we have to keep on innovating our product to make it interesting but yeah james if you want to go ahead as well yeah so uh, i'm james um i'm based in out of south africa i'm currently a master's student i'm busy completing my master's specializing in mergers and acquisitions um my background i was a bit of a gamer in my younger ages um so i was always involved in that space kind of taught myself a bit of a photoshop I was uh, into that type of thing, scuff, scuff controllers, all of that. So obviously Web3 for me has always been an interest. Um, also uh, invest in traditional equities. So for me, NFT is also an interesting uh, zone at the moment. And uh, I kind of reached out to Oscar very early stages, just saying, listen, yep. I would love to get down to the nitty gritty in a project and kind of offer my offer my help um, I have extensive experience when it comes to negotiations uh, research researching certain topics uh, that's kind of my field legally I'm also quite well orientated so I also understand what can and can't be said um, and also what is achievable in a given timeline so I think over time it's kind of been a perfect marriage and Oscar and I have gotten much closer albeit online but um 
I'm definitely looking to obviously go over there at some point just to really meet these yeah. guys and carry on building out. So yeah, it's exciting. And have some nice red wine and a bit of cheese and all that stuff. <laughs> and, uh, 100, 100. Okay, hold on. We're coming too. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, let's we make can. it happen. But uh, yeah, you touched on your background, James, and I kind of forgot, but I'm also a student. I study uh, information and communication here in France at uh, university. And uh, I'm specialized in uh, the creation of digital projects. That's the name of my uh, the master that, that we'll be attending to, which is you know exactly what an NFT project is, which is very exciting and related to my studies. And, uh, and I've been able to basically uh, do in three weeks what my studies would have you know taken three years for. So it's it's been really interesting and exciting. That's incredible. Uh, first off, I wanted to say, Oscar, when you when you said the Lofts Business Club in uh, in with the French accent, it, it certainly made me go, oh, that's nice, you know. Um, <laughs> je, je parle un petit peu de français uh, oh, aussi. Uh, ce n'est pas fantastique, mais uh, but we oh, could we could chit chat. What was that? Génial, super. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, back to English for our for our English viewers. And for me, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and me. I, I didn't know General had that in him. Uh, oh, yeah, no, I've been saving amazing. I mean, he, uh, I'm, I'm French, stunned. He's a French he's a, immersion boy. He's a gift that <laughs> keeps on giving you. What is happening? No, That's what I'm go. saying. That's what I'm saying. Um, yeah, so you just touched on the point, uh, you know, you're making these, these relationships with your team members uh, online. Everything's online. Yep. Is it, or I guess, how has it been, you know, basically living with your family on the internet, building this product together. Yeah. Uh, what's the experience been so far over the last uh, couple of months? I mean, you know, all my, my life I've been kind of, uh, you know, stuck on my computer, always uh, building my, my social relations through uh, internet and through the computer. So it's, it was something that was kind of natural to me. And what the uh, NFT space and kind of the whole Web3 space uh, allows is you know for people to connect and people from all over the world and uh, through really the, the kind of the, the technology of the blockchain you know allowing for uh, transactions and just facilitating uh, all around you know partnerships and collaborations so it's been uh, super super um, exciting to to use this to build a project you know because we all, all always kind of have the idea that you have to be in the same office space be at the same place and uh, to, to do those things but even with my core founder groups we basically have met up uh, you know twice or three times all four of us together to talk about the projects but everything has been you know that we have accomplished until now has been done online and through you know just voice chats and messages and everything so it, it's i think it's it's right up my alley in the essence that it's it's the new way of building projects. It's the new way of, you know, making things happen. Uh, it's right in, into the times and into our generation. And uh, so it's been it's been exciting and very natural. You know, it, it's not like something that had to be a learning process to kind of learn all the tools. Now we had already a, a good general understanding of everything and, and being able to work with the, with those tools. Yeah, no, that that's fantastic. You're, it, it goes to show you know, the, uh, the types of people that you can reach online and bring these teams yeah. together versus, you know, just looking within your city, being able to yep. go anywhere in the world. You can find people like James uh, and connect with yep. Oscar. And now you've got this incredible team and these people who work super well together. And now you're making this, yep. this awesome project. So can you tell us where the idea for Loft came from? Like, how did you yeah. decide, oh yeah, we're going to make 3D Metaverse Lofts? 
So it actually came from, um, I was like two of, uh, of the other founders, Leo and Claude. I was actually at the, at the cafe here in France and uh, we were talking about this stuff and he was showing, you know, he was, he was kind of showing me uh, those first uh, sneak peeks and previews of, of 3D apartments and stuff. And I, I have to be honest in that I wasn't really hooked in into NFTs just yet when he talked to me about it. But I saw there the potential to actually build something that kind of went, you know, a bit deeper uh, than than the kind of NFT projects that we generally see. And, you know, actually, actually building something in, uh, in, in, in 3D with visuals and with actual gameplay incorporated to it. And uh, I, I kind of jumped on the idea and, and I said, yeah, this is this is something that that sounds very good. And, and back then, I didn't really know about the Solana space much. I did have, you know, a first impression, but I didn't know it as much as I, as I do now. And um, just on the basic idea of having those virtual spaces that you could interact with, customize, and, you know, really uh, flesh out for any kind of events that you would like to hold, I thought, wow, we are kind of, you know, developing the metaverse idea, something that has been presented uh, by Facebook, for example. So something that is, you know, uh, in the talks at the moment. Uh, and I've always wanted to be, you know, part of something that is kind of in a trend or something that is popular or something, you know, that we are at the beginning, that we are, we are at the early stages of. I was a bit too late on crypto and I didn't want to be too late on NFTs because, uh, you know, it was important to me to be uh, on top of that subject. And um, yeah, basically the idea com- came from this chat and we, we set up... Uh, uh, they had already set up the, the Discord server, but holy, it, it looked like nothing like it looks now. Uh, it was very, very basic and it had just some, you know, a couple of information, general ideas, topic and the ideas that we would like to, to bring out to the space and went to bed uh, with 50 members on the Discord and woke up to something like 800. <laughs> and on that same day from 800 to 4,000. And yeah, needless to say, we were very much overwhelmed. And the systems that we had in place were not uh, adapted, so we had to move very quickly. Already brought a team member on that same day, Robin, which works, still works with us, um, that kind of helped us set up the Discord with bots and everything uh, uh, that those cool young guys on Discord do. Um, and to, to have something that looked you know, more professional. And then we went from, okay, we have all this attention now. Uh, we actually need to provide some content, more content than we had at the start, because we were basically just selling an idea uh, with screenshots at the start. And I was like, okay, uh, we need some more content <laughs> for, for people to actually, you know, kind of stay on the Discord, believe in it, and, you know, in the, in the longer run, invest in it. So uh, that's when we decided, you know, um, on our whole whitelist system, something that is kind of new as well, but that I think we've done pretty well. Uh, and that I can touch on, of course, a bit later on if you want. But, uh, you know, the priorities were, okay, redacting the white paper, uh, actually putting words, you know, uh, and putting things into words and not just simple Discord announcements and stuff, and then building the website with more uh, screenshots, etc., and starting the actual development of the demo, which is now, uh, I can say, uh, the demo is completed, will be released next week. So that's kind of a... Uh, yeah, it's not public yet, but hey, there you go. Um, but yeah, working on the demo, working on the actual content was a priority for us to be able to, you know, keep that attention that we suddenly generated. And uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> I can, sorry, I kind of went on the, off a tangent, but 
I get inspired and can talk. So hey, no oh, it's, it's, it's awesome. Like I, I was tipped off to you guys very early by a friend. And I think just hearing that growth process that kind of went on internally gives a lot of perspective to kind of yeah. how much work time and kind of development goes into this. Cause like on, as someone on the outside looking in, I think you guys did a fantastic job of like really thank you keeping clear with the process and in turn i think it's why you've managed to be kind of at this point leading up to the mint of this with the hype you've gained because you've done you've made it just such a clear concise vision even from yeah. that early inception of being screenshots i just think it's like very cool to hear that other side of the fence and yeah it, it was always you know uh what surprised me and what i sh maybe should have been more prepared for but it's easier to say in hindsight of course but is the speed at which things move in the space and you probably you guys probably know more than anybody how how fast things move and how trends shift etc so we had planned out for example for our mint to be way uh, further in time uh, to make sure we had the time to do everything the proper way etc but we also <laughs> Uh, realize that you know we are basically building on hype and hype is a very uh, fragile and uh, kind of fleeting moment you know and attention is you know more and more attention etc so it means that we had to move all all of our plans forward meaning that we had you know longer days ahead of us and and just <laughs> yeah putting in even more hours than we did but I think you have to, you know, it's it's all about adapting to to the to the space that we entered in, and I think we did pretty well on on you know keeping the at the people's attention, uh, keeping them hooked, and hopefully it will translate uh, translate way well for uh, for the mint in a couple of days. Yeah, totally, absolutely. Corey, did you do you have something you want to say? I had a point. Uh... I just wanted to say absolutely. <laughs> Like, I'm just, I'm just, I'm loving this. Sold. Koi is sold. Like this pitch already. Connect the wallet. Take my money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. man. Um, yeah, I, um, you mentioned earlier. Uh, you woke up one morning to a couple thousand people in the Discord. Yeah, yeah. I would have had a heart attack. I mean, it's a great proof of concept to know that people, you know, believe in your project and they're excited. But, like yeah. James, were you? Were you panic? Were you a on the team at this point, and b were you panicking, knowing I'm about to have 50, 60, 70 communities messaging me trying to get whitelist spots? Or what was the what was your breakdown? <laughs> okay, so that's that's actually a great question. So I, I initially messaged Oscar at around about I think it was around about eight hundred members, um, and at that point they had a very rudimentary roadmap in their channel, as he attests to. It was. Um, it was yeah. more just for an internal kind of thing, just so people who did happen to join um, as a pure, conv uh, they just happened to run by it, right? And I kind of messaged them saying, I think we need to make sure that as this grows, because it's clearly growing at an exponential rate, we need to make sure that first of all, what is on the roadmap is deliverable. And second of all, yep. we're giving adequate information at all times, right? And um on the point of 50 communities coming to me, I mean, it was more than that. I think at, at that point I had to, uh, Oscar and I kind of had a call and I said, listen, we really, really need to set up a form submission um, section where I can actually have an Excel spreadsheet that automatically generates and I can kind of sift through, excuse my French, the bullshit. Um, and <laughs> it was, it was kind of a, it was a good step in, 
strategic partnerships throughout our journey because what it allowed me to see was I was able to pinpoint exactly who it was that was reaching out to me. And secondly, whether they even had the authority to reach out to me to even make or enter into discussions, right? Because currently what's happening is I understand the idea of, of, of community members approaching a project, but when it comes to chatting to, for example, an Oscar about a future integration into the, the lofts, that's not necessarily necessarily something they can speak to, right? Because at the end of the day, it's whether the devs have the capacity to do that in the long term. And if we can't deliver that and we come out with a post saying these are going to be in our lofts and that's not certain, it's just not the right way to go about things, right? So I think on that point, uh, we, uh, we kind of had to set up that Google form submission section and it did help a lot just being able to kind of distill information and work through it um, quickly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a great uh, way to, to manage. Kind of, to kind of add on that, uh, yeah, waking up to that uh, to that attention, you know, I went from being able to answer everybody individually, basically, about the project to, you know, not being able to and uh, having to, to address more in, into the, the masses, kind of, you know. So the, the way you, you share information is very different than when you uh, just, you know, individually talk with someone. So suddenly you're making messages that, uh, you know, Discord likes to, to tell you, you're going to add everyone, uh, 10K members will see this. Okay, so that makes you kind of think, okay, is every word carefully uh, <laughs> set out? Did I make any typos? We were kind of the typo experts at the start and still are, to be honest, like missing a word and, and, and just the letter not being at the right place and stuff. So checking everything is right in proper English and making sure the idea is easily understandable because people set, at, you know, attention span is... Uh, Especially in this place, I, uh, in the space, I feel like it's not the best. Um, but yeah, so the, the, those were, you know, things that we had to adapt to, and we did pretty well, I think. And James did amazing as well. In all fairness, I accidentally dropped a Discord invite for the wrong group under a post today, so I, I completely get these the <laughs> yeah. struggles of maintaining and not making mistakes yeah. on that. Yeah. So, mass it, communication it, it, is something. Absolutely, it is quite a process just to dot the i's cross the t's and make sure you don't miss anything in between because there's just uh, moves a hundred miles per hour at any given moment it's pretty cool to there's see. always so much happening it's we're definitely making um i want to say stronger leaders and communicators because like you said the attention span is so short you're getting people who see an announcement that is six paragraphs long and they just go i'm not reading that meanwhile i'm trying to tell you about this token we're releasing and how it's super cool yeah. and uh no, yeah. And so, yeah, it's, it, it, it's if, if I can say it is something that we had with the white paper, uh, kind of, I, I was thinking that, did, you know, people were asking questions and stuff that the white paper answered, you know, in, in a good way. And I was like, but how many people actually read the white paper and are, these people are ready to invest in our project without having really read in detail what it is, you know, or at least they say they're going to invest in it. But kind of that idea was still very new to me that people just on the basis of hype screenshots and a couple of words and hype buzzwords and stuff, they were ready to invest in it. And I was kind of, you know, wanting to slow things down and say, guys, you should, you should ask more from us, you know, in terms of <laughs> visibility, transparency. Uh, it's, you know, it, it's also kind of getting to a standard, you know, for NFT projects as well. Yeah, like, please. I think that's really nice because 
Because that, that really speaks to y'all's integrity, honestly. Like the fact that, because there's a lot of people that would just be like, hey, we have hype off screenshots. Let's milk this, make money, right? But yeah. you guys are, no, you, you're like, hold on, <laughs> read the white paper. Yeah, yeah. And that's, yeah, I think, that's refreshing. Uh, that's great. On that point, I think it's uh, one of the the cool ways that all, because we, we wanted to also make the whitelist process. And obviously there will be people that say, no, I don't like that grind, right? Um but what we did try to integrate throughout the period of the whitelisting is we did uh, every now and again run whitelist giveaways to people who could answer a quiz on the white paper. We wanted to make it a fun <laughs> co- collaborative experience, right? And just to see if yeah. people are actually looking <laughs> at what we're providing because I think there's a lot to be taken from the traditional space when it comes to investing or yeah. buying equities because at the end of the day, a company's share value is based on the services that provi- they provide, their leadership structure, and their general day-to-day deliveries. And um, I think that's the importance that white papers have, and that they, and that's the reason why they need to be updated constantly, right? Um, and also, just trying to find a fun way. I'm just this is just speaking to the community in general, trying to find a fun way that actually encourages people to engage with the nitty-gritty is probably the best way forward. Yeah, you're basically building your project, also building a community, and trying to juggle them both together so that everything's going smooth, the people are happy, yeah. they're educated, they've done their research, their research, so that when you do drop this product, they understand that, okay, you know, like, dem- this demo is coming in Q2, you know, I need to wait until now. Uh, how do you guys yeah. feel about the quick flippers? I know that's a big risk of like, they see, okay, 1.5 soul, 5555 supply. I can make a quick buck off that. How do you, what are your thoughts on, on that? Um, to be honest, it's, it's, you know, it's their money that they chose, choose to invest. So at the end of the day, they can do whatever they want with their, with their money. It's always been my, my opinion. I'm not too fixated on, on, you know, uh, people who want to quick flip because in some ways I understand it, you know, uh, I wouldn't blame anyone for uh, for trying to make a quick buck, uh, etc. Uh, I think it's our job, it's our responsibility to, you know, for the people that actually want to hear us, uh, to tell them this is worth more than what you could get out of a quick flip, you know. And if we do our work correctly, if we do, uh, if, you, if we communicate, you know, communicate properly, and we we show the development also properly, I think that it reduces the amount of uh, quick flips. Just because people are like, okay, this is actually something that you know I could hold on to a bit more because the price is not that high for that type of project. I think it's 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 one point five is is pretty fair. Uh, but no, I, I have no uh, no trouble with people quick flipping or trying to make a quick buck. I think it's part of the it's part of the kind of the game, you know. Yeah. And uh, it's mm-hmm. uh, it's the responsibility again. Uh, there is way more responsibility that that falls on on nft projects you know to do better and to ensure uh, floor price is rising steadily or is keeping at a a good you know good floor uh it's at the end of the day it's what you you're producing that defines your floor price really uh that's my opinion on it and you know it might it might drop down one day it might go up very much one day and and all that stuff. But as long as we keep on delivering on our roadmap and we keep the people engaged and interested, I think floor price kind of follows, you know, the follows it in an organic matter, at least that's my, that's my yeah. point. Yeah. And I think uh, just on that point, Oscar, um, I was thinking about it the other day. You've got to also remember one person's exit is another person's entrance. And uh, when Absolutely. it comes to that type of thing, it means that the person that's entering 
at whatever floor price that is, right, on secondary, they would hopefully be a person that is very inspired by the project. They like the they like the loft spaces themselves and they're actually excited to play in the loft space because at the end of the day, that's what we're trying to deliver to people and build out a metaverse that is actually collaborative, um, event orientated too, and completely customizable. I think it's a way that people are going to be able to express themselves. And if that means, mm. for example, the floor price has to drop one day, it will also on, I would also counsel with the fact that that means that there's another group of people entering to actually enjoy yeah. the spaces and utilize that space. And for the most part, the work done on the back end will speak for itself. I think that's where I stand on that point as well. Absolutely. That makes total sense. Um, so I have a question for both of you. Uh, what is each of your favorite individual part of the, the Lofts project? Like the, the feature yeah. that you love the most? Uh, I would... I would say probably uh, the multiplayer aspect, which is you know kind of, it's 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 you know it's it's kind of automatic. It's it's you know um, by default those projects should be multiplayer. But uh, I really like the fact that we can actually interact with you know what's in the loft and customize it, and that other people see it in real time. That's my kind of what I like about the the project and. And uh, also the, yeah, you said one point, but I, I, the realistic, <laughs> you know, uh, kind of feel for it as well. I think uh, the graphics, uh, even though they're not, you know, we're not pretending to be a, a AAA studio making those amazing uh, graphics and stuff, but I think uh, our visuals are, are pretty nice and we want to, you know, the visuals that have been seen in the screenshots, we want them to be as closely uh, replicated in the actual game and uh, being, you know, and also for it to run on every type of uh, computer possible because it has to be playable, of course. You can do you can right, something right. amazing, but if you need uh, free computers from NASA to run it, it's don't <laughs> see the point, really. Um, so, yeah, I would say that. Um, those, are, think, those are great. I think from my side, it would probably be the future integration of different projects' avatars. I think for me, that's quite an exciting aspect. It would be quite cool to see, yeah. for example, like a jungle cat walking around and you're able to engage with him and actually foster some type of relationship i think that for me is quite an exciting prospect um oh also, you did say one point but the the second point is no, I, keep think, going, um, though. <laughs> I think uh, i think the second point for me would be q4 currently has our as as it set out is the launch of all of the loft spaces right and i think Following from that, I'm, I'm, I've expressed to Oscar that I would like to stay along for the entire journey just because um, I believe in it. And secondly, I, I want to be involved in the real-life transactions. Um, I want to be involved in, and obviously this is a, a, an ambitious goal, but I don't think it's too far if, if we do actually implement what we have. And I think with the current team we're building, it's possible. Like I would love to see, for an example, a widget that verifies that our holders hold a loft space and they're able to then have a discount on Airbnb on a loft space um, in real in real world. Mm. So I think yep. for me, those are type of things that I'm looking forward to. Um, but yeah, yep. that's that's further down the road, but that's what I'm excited for. Yeah, the, the real life and the real world integration is uh, something that, you know, uh, has to be uh, really thought about, I think, for any NFT project to kind of succeed in the long run and in the, uh, and maintain, you know, an, remain sustainable because i do think the nft market at the moment is um 
you know, it's, it's fine for kind of those short term and those kind of kicks, kickstarting projects as well. But when you're looking at something long term sustainable, at the end of the day, why would people be holding your product? And you have to be able to give back, you know, you have all the holders benefit, of course, that we will implement. But I think it's very important to bridge uh, the NFTs with, with real life, uh, you know, benefits at some point and we are already seeing those friends you know in, in some big projects and uh for example portals as well with their uh collaboration with binance that is coming up you know they have shown sneak peeks about it and that's kind of a model that we would like to also uh, replicate in the long run and yeah working on those real life integration yeah like I, that's awesome i personally absolutely love the concept of interoperability within the space and having not just your quality project be isolated to its own kind of desert island yeah. um but actually bringing it on so like speaking of that obviously you mentioned you'd love to work with any projects is there any any other nfts projects anything in or maybe out of the space that you guys have talked with so far about integrating into lofts yeah. in time is that anything there has, you can share or we yeah the, there has been a, a couple of proposals from uh, different projects and well james has been tracking them better than i can but jungle cats has been one as you mentioned that we're very interested into avatar integration uh the anybody's as well with their fashion lines and we kind of you know talked uh talked around that um if you, if you could, yeah, James, if you can remind me of the project Meta, uh, I remember. Yeah, so well, there was, there's uh, been a bunch. <laughs> there, there, there's, there's a couple, but the ones that are actually deliverable in the near future, those are the ones that we're yeah. kind of focusing on, on at the moment, just so people can actually experience the avatar and kind of customize it how they feel yeah. they want to. Um, but when it comes to also obviously adapting loft spaces to suit other projects, we are looking into that. Um, we will, we have, yeah. and we are going to continue reaching out to people that we think yep. can make it happen and make sure that it actually makes sense in the long term um, for what we want to do. But yeah, I think Oscar yeah, touched on have... the ones that are in the near future. Yeah, and we have started reaching out to you know also other projects in the Solana space with an actual uh, you know proposal of, of what the customized space would look like for them. And they're kind of, you know, testing the waters there and, and seeing how it, it's, it you know, it's people respond to it. Uh, but it's, it's of course, it's it's an in integral part of the process to, to, to partner up and to collaborate with other NFT projects. I think that's how you, you build those long-term relations and that kind of, you know, communities help each other in time uh, if it's done organically and stuff. So, no, no, partnerships are vital i think to any nft projects man i can't wait until we can have a podcast session in yeah. a mountain resort loft i think that would be i think that'd be so cool to, oh man just to put some um i don't want to say like faces behind the names but just to have some way to you know sit down hang out interact like that yeah it's gonna be yeah, that's the that's the idea yeah of the whole you know metaverse thing is kind of replacing what covid has forced us to do which is stay at home and make it a more enjoyable experience because you know it's on the on, it's on the back end of those those real life events of course um forcing us at home and working from distance and making the experience just more enjoyable uh and as someone who has always preferred you know to work from home and to kind of be on my <laughs> on my own and from my computer uh i have an idea of you know what i would actually like uh, to do in those spaces and and yeah to kind of uh, upgrade the experience you know yeah and you have to be ambitious with those things again i think that's uh, it's 
it's something that especially Amori told me about, which is another uh, co-founder. Um, you have to show ambition, you know, to to the public. You have to show ambition to your partners. You have to show ambition to the space, to the community. Um, because you're not really limited by anything else than the technical side of things. You know, are things achievable in a technical manner, whether that be blockchain related or game related? And you're, you're, what we're basically trying to do with all those and, and all the other metaverses projects are also kind of trying to do is, is, you know, replicating real life in some way. So there is so, so many aspects to real life that you know can be replicated in, in the virtual world and there is so much work to be done and, and to be at the you know at that early stages of it i think is amazing yeah i think that you go ahead oh no i was uh i have a different question so feel free to okay well yeah uh, on that um i think that the, like you touched on on covid kind of forcing us to kind of approach things differently yeah. and and this is going to sound super cheesy and, and all that stuff but i think it's really really cool that uh, some of the human race said, no, nah, screw that. We're still going to hang out, but we're going to do it in the metaverse yeah. and we're going to create the world that is safe for, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I think mean, that is absolutely awesome. It's, it's a very human, you know, instinct to kind of, you know, uh, adapt to situations and make it as enjoyable as possible. It's very human, you know, in our behavior to do the, those things. Absolutely. And, uh, and I yeah, massive that. respect for you guys for doing it. And, and that's also, uh, sorry, I'm, made me think of something but it's also why if we you know when whenever we really develop more the metaverse aspect of it because at the moment we are focused on the uh, lofts of course on kind of the virtual estate aspect but we want to branch out to a more metaverse uh, type of project uh, regarding you know depending on how the project evolves but it's at the moment you know only holders would be uh, uh, with access to lofts which is you know it's the nft model etc but we we really want, um, for example, holders will be able to invite non-holders to their lofts. Um, mm. Because uh, why the hell would you go into your loft alone? You know, uh, okay, there are some <laughs> mini games, there are some, there's some stuff to do, but why would I, would I stay hours in there? You need to have some company and it can't be exclusively for holders, in my, in my opinion. And then building this kind of metaverse where everybody could meet up for the lofts, actually, there's an, another little uh, kind of, thing that we haven't released yet but we want to make kind of the hallway or like the uh, the entrance for the loft nice. building a space which is you know Ooh, uh, where, like where, a lobby. where everybody could yeah a lobby where everybody could join uh, regardless if they're a holder or not and then you know kind of go up the lift and if they're a holder if the if you know if we detect that you have the access card in your wallet then you go up to your loft and uh yeah it, it's just also for the sustainability of the project, being able to bring as many people in and interest as many people in and not only the ones that were, you know, lucky enough or, well, I'm saying lucky enough, but yeah, that were able to go to get an access card. I'd like to, to throw my hat in the ring to be a lobby boy occasionally, just in there, you know, helping people with their luggage. <laughs> I could be something. <laughs> yeah, you'll, receive some, you'll receive some dividends for that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, great. So for those listening who haven't, done their reading or done their research yet can you guys yeah. break us down on the three tiers of passes and the supply yep. and how that's going to work so yeah so we have a total supply of okay this number is hard to say in english for me but five thousand five hundred and fifty five okay that is the you total nailed supply. It. <laughs> uh, the mint price is at 1.5 sol and we are minting on the 19th on saturday um there is a whitelist of um, you know, if everybody in the whitelist minted uh, would mean that there would still be over 2,500 spots for public sale. So it was important for us to get the, this public sale uh, 
component and not make it 100% whitelist. Um, and yeah, for the three tiers, we have three tiers of lofts that we want to, you know, uh, make the public uh, get, give access to the public to. We have the standard one, which is the most, which has the standard access card linked to it. Uh, has the most, you know, probability to drop an, a standard access card. It's the smallest in terms of, of size in the lofts. And then you move up to the premium one. Uh, from uh, on top of my head, there is over a thousand premium access cards, um, which is again, a bigger offer. You know, you kind of go up in size and in things that you can do in the loft. And then you've got the kind of 1% loft, the exclusive one, which there are only 55 of. And uh, this one has, an additional floor to it so you can actually you know move up the floor and and has the most you know interactive and components or things that you can do uh, and that is the space that we will also look to uh, organize our own events in and organize events in terms of partnerships where we can really you know remodel the whole loft to to suit the the experience uh, so yeah those are our three tiers so free access card the standard the premium and the exclusive that's awesome and so I guess my question being, I think you've spread them out quite nicely and fairly. Um, when it comes to the 1.5 sole price, how did you guys decide on that price? Obviously, you know, you have to take in what people are willing to pay, the meta, but you also need to pay yourselves and fund the project, right? So can you break us down yeah. on that? So the 1.5 price was like, we want to make it affordable. Uh, we kind of looked at what you know other projects were doing in terms of min price at the time, and we figured uh, that you know we could achieve what our roadmap was uh, promising with the potential you know amount that we would get at the end of mint. Um, but you know, as we have realized, uh, what we are trying to achieve with our roadmap is largely feasible with uh, with the, the mint and the mint revenue. Uh, so we want to, you know, reinvest that money as soon as possible into actually developing more the game or delivering on the roadmap quickly, you know, uh, as fast as possible so we can move on to the more exciting metaverse aspects and features. Um, but yeah, the price in mind was like we could easily, if we sold out, we could easily develop our vision with that money without having to look at uh, necessarily investors, even though it's, it is something that we will uh, kind of look out for once everything is set in place, um, because it, it is important in terms of, you know, uh, credibility and all that stuff. Um, but with the 1.5 uh, sole price, we're comfortable in, you know, paying our team and developing the project in the, the, the given deadlines. Good. I awesome. think, yeah. sorry, I think Oscar's being very humble in this. Um, <laughs> obviously, just being an observer, um, the guys that he brought on in terms of game dev expertise and guys that have kind of come on on board throughout, we kind of had a conversation the other day, and Oscar, obviously, you can stop me if I'm going too in detail, but there's, we, I think what we're starting to realize is our ambition might even be too small because we're able to do a lot more than we thought with the possibilities and the team that we currently have working for us is very, very much well-versed. And I think yeah. over time we might even see, for example, obviously this is uh, an initial thought, but 
the roadmap might even be executed faster than we originally planned. So Ooh. I think hopefully, yeah. Hopefully, <laughs> nice. hopefully, hopefully. <laughs> that's but that's the oh, current yes. thought yep. process. I love that Oscar said that, uh, you know, we want to get this this part of the project out so that we can move on to the more exciting things. Yeah. That's that's really funny sounding in a way because there's people that are so hyped just about getting a loft, right? And you're like, this isn't even the exciting part. Like, no. it's going to be so great down yeah. the road. And to be to be honest, I can't wait to get the, the, the mint behind us. It has generated, you know, it's been our main focus for the past week and a half or something. And, you know, making sure everything goes right according to deadlines and the whitelist system and all that stuff and dealing with people's frustrations and uh, i can't wait to put that mint you know past past us you know security defense of course is important and but then actually being able to develop the project in uh, you know in its core and and building our vision is is what i want to get to now and uh, yeah of course the mint is exciting but uh i, <laughs> I want to move to something else <laughs> yeah. absolutely no i get it Oscar, yeah. maybe Honestly. you want to just touch on the launcher part of that that we kind of discussed oh, yeah, well, earlier uh, we, so it's 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 a whole other talk on kind of the game dev aspect. So I don't know if you guys maybe wanted to touch on another subject before, but because uh, I saw Matty, you would try to you try to. Yeah, no, like my my comment can wait if you're kind of on this wavelength now. I say it's just a general general sentiment. So if you want to touch on this now, and then I can circle back after. Yeah, yeah, go for it. So uh, obviously um, about the game uh, dev aspect. Uh, we have struck like gold when we uh, hired our, our first game dev uh, because he he got very interested in the project itself. It was something more than just a contract for him, and he actually worked, you know, uh, on his free time, on his daily time, and kept interacting with us and talking with us. And actually, we are uh, we are close now with our game dev, and uh, he is from a very good, let's say, school in France. France has this. Uh, are really good in terms of computers programmation there are very good schools and uh if we weren't so late on every trend because of our inability to speak english we would see way more <laughs> french developers everywhere but hey you know uh it is what it is but uh our one big concern that you know that that the dev uh, told us about was we are building outside of a browser you know the game is will be an executable file it will be something that you download there is currently no method to um, to integrate wallet uh, into a, a game, you know, into something else than a browser, because simply of security reasons, you don't want to. People will be afraid, you know, to log in all their confidential info about their wallet and stuff. There is enough, you know, scams and drainings happening left and right. So we have to ensure that the system that we we create, kind of. Um, is, is secure uh, to, to secure uh, the data, which is something that, you know, he brought up and we didn't really think about at first. So we have kind of, you know, thought about ways how we could go around it and we are working on having a game launcher. So if you, any of you guys are gamers, you know, you have the Blizzard launcher for the Blizzard games, you have the Origin launcher for the EA games, you have Steam, of course, which is basically a launcher. And having one for the lofts and, you know, with our feed and our latest videos and stuff, and actually the ability to connect your wallet from the launcher, which would, you know, uh, open a web page and, you know, connecting uh, your wallet on the web page like you would do on Magic Eden, just, you know, through the Chrome extension or the Brave extension or whatever uh, browser you're using. And this would allow us, uh, you know, to avoid people typing in their confidential information into the game, which is a big security concern that some people have raised. And is being raised in terms of, you know, uh, the other metaverse projects out there as well that are also building outside of uh, Chrome uh, 
uh, browsers. Uh, so yeah, just those general concerns that uh, that you know game devs and stuff are helping us, you know, realize and find a way around. You raise. Sorry, Maddie, if you were, if you had your question, I'm totally about to cut you you're off good. here because no, I'm no, you're good. extremely good. interested. You raised a really good point of if you're working out of an application, you do need yep. a launcher or something for you to be able to tie to your wallet to show that it's you. Exactly. But I'm bullish on lofts, but just that idea right there has me going, this could be so yep. much more than just lofts yeah like i'm thinking and, and, games yeah. and stuff that want to use that tech that you guys are basically Honestly. developing yourselves the first people to take a shot at this uh yeah so that's really cool uh, uh, um i'm you know i'm kind of waiting and being careful around the first you know but uh apparently lux uh, the lux metaverse project has achieved a, a way of doing it so we are very curious as well to see how how they would achieve it uh, because obviously, uh, I think the security concerns are, are, you know, the same for for everybody. But yeah, uh, that's why we got on board with some very talented programmers that like those kind of difficult questions. And what they like personally is the fact that it doesn't exist yet. So they they would actually be inventing a kind of technology for games in general. Uh, so you know, I'm kind of throwing out a, a million dollar idea out there, but it is something that, we, that <laughs> no we doubt are some on. big alpha right there. Yeah, no, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan <laughs> of that idea and innovation especially. I don't know. I'm just, again, what I wanted to touch on is that I'm just so huge on how future focused you guys are. It's Mm -hmm. so refreshing to like the amount of projects you go into and teams talk about the floor price and are just so like they have incentives for how much they're minting out. And it's like talking to you guys, it's like, no, like screw that. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's months yeah. ahead of what even we know. But and like, I read through the whole white paper before getting the chance to talk to you guys, and a few times as through the development, and even seeing the changes there, and to know that's not near the end of the extent to what you guys are already discussing yep. and planning is just, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for those looking at you guys as a team and a fundamental view of a project, it's just the the right way of handling it because it's just about no matter what happens out of a mint or whatever, it's just working on ways yeah. to continue to bolster Just the project apparently exactly uh, i think people are too focused on floor prices and stuff and we have seen some practices in some projects where you know uh, maybe they'll be sweeping the floor themselves and artificially changing the floor price which is which which sounded when i learned about it first it sounded insane to me because that's illegal <laughs> <laughs> that is illegal in the real world you know? yeah uh, so there inside are of trading things, but, yeah, exactly. Which is, you know, it's still the Wild West out there, which is exciting, but dangerous. And, you know, you see that danger at every corner with with different projects, you know, um, kind of still in Val Pied, they're shooting a bullet in their foot. Is that is that something? Yeah, shooting yeah. yourself in the yeah. foot. Shooting themselves in the foot. Yeah, 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 yeah nailed yeah, it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so uh, kind of, you know, tunnel visioning on, on, on the floor price and, you know, because holders will put pressure on them also about the floor price, what are you guys doing about the floor price, etc., etc. When I think that uh, if your project is solid enough, people, the right people will be interested in holding, etc. So, yeah, that's my philosophy around it. Maddie just touched on, Absolutely uh, agree. on how cool it was that you guys are very future focused. And so it's something we look for, you know, being smart, smart hands, smart investors is what we kind of preach. And so, so knowing that and knowing the team has that long-term goal is really cool. One of the things I wanted to ask you guys about was, and that actually got my attention, was the TLBC token and the implementation. Yep. Um, I know it's pretty far down the road, but how do you guys see that coming into play? 
Like, are we staking? Yep. Are we passively generating it? Are we? Tell me a bit more. Yeah, so uh, that is one of the aspects that we are currently uh, completely revamping in our uh, white paper updated version. We are giving way more details about it because, you know, there have been uh, questions about the system because staking seems to be, you know, kind of a trend as well at the moment. And, you know, you see projects staking for any reasons. And I think you have to, to take those things, consider those things seriously because there is potential in staking. And, uh, it it is it was you know made with the intention of again rewarding the holders uh, in different ways than just showing you know that we are working on the project. Um, I could tell you that most of the tokens will be distributed uh, through holding and staking, uh, but also through in-game rewards. We want to kind of you know that's why we get we got some level designers on the team as well at the moment to kind of think of cool ways to earn those tokens and just not you know sitting AFK in the lofts for an hour for example. Uh, which would work, but I mean, it's boring. And just having that overall uh, TLBC token distribution um, more explicit in our in our in our updated version of the white paper that should be coming around in, in the next couple of weeks. But it's also about uh, being able to make our own marketplace. And what I mean by that is that we want to airdrop um, in the, the coming weeks after launch uh, for our holders to airdrop furniture. Uh, art pieces that will be made, you know, by the creatives in, in our team. And those would be also tradable in the marketplace that we would uh, provide down the line and using our tokens to kind of, you know, make the loft more stand out uh, with some, you know, very exclusive furniture or with with something or a cool art piece that they found on the marketplace. So giving the value, uh, that value to the token inside of our marketplace and being able to use it to, you know, again, add more customization and interaction to your loft. Yeah, I, I think on that point, uh, Oscar, just uh, like a cool analogy that I kind of think of when it comes to that, uh, that, that tokenomic structure is, imagine you buy an empty shell in inverted commas, it's not going to be empty, right? It's going to be the standard furniture sets that are there uh, when it is launched. But imagine being able to add value in terms of either being airdropped cool pieces of furniture, desks, what have you, or buying them and adding value to your home, for example. Like if you walk into a home and it has a mahogany uh, dining room table, that's immediately value if it's coming with it, right? And having a leaderboard that kind of tracks that spend uh, on yeah. on that loft yeah, it's, uh, it's, real estate yeah. is, I think, very beneficial for obviously long-term value or ROI. Um, so I also think that's an interesting a factor that people might want to consider when they look at uh, this project. The token aspect. Yeah, and it, it's it's something that we still, you know, need to work on, the whole leaderboard aspect and actually associating an, an added value to the initial NFT. But something that we have been talking with our blockchain team and yeah, they are, they are kind of interested in it. But we want, yeah, making the tokens useful is of course the priority for any tokenomics uh, system. Very cool, very cool. I'm a big fan. It sounds like it's going to be executed uh, pretty well and well thought out so that's that's all i care about yeah well it's it's all you know also also we want to be realistic uh with deadlines and not you know promising the moon and and not being able to sure that you know the technical side of things can follow uh it's always a, a back and forth with our with our dev teams to make sure that things are doable and in what you know uh, capacity and how much time it will take to develop those things uh, and then being transparent about it but yeah it's 
you know, <laughs> it's always fun to kind of be throwing ideas uh, at our dev teams and them seeing them saying, oh, yeah, that's that can be done in hours or no, that that does not exist. You know, <laughs> so always having that technical aspect kind of calming you down or hyping you up is cool. Yeah, of yeah, course. Say after reading after reading the white paper on the token, it just it just seems like again you say you continuously touch on it, which is a like I think always adapting in the space is how it has to be. As you Vital, said, yeah. it moves so fast, but I think it's just so it just seemed very rigorously vetted and thought out. To when I was reading it, I had such a little time, maybe like seeing anything that I fundamentally like didn't agree with in your process there, <laughs> that, that's value. very kind of you like, uh, like i can say that you know there in our in our current iteration of the white paper there are things that i i kind of look at and i'm like okay we could have done you know we could have detailed this more and i think tokenomics is something that well will be detailed more in our updated white paper and should have deserved a bit more time on our current one but you know you it, it's all about learning as well in this space and i don't believe what, what this also space has told me is that there are no experts really in it and what that I mean that everybody that anybody that presents himself as kind of an expert of the NFT space, etc., I, I look at very cautiously uh, because I think everybody learns something new every day in the space. And uh, pushing, you know, the, the boundaries and the creativity is how you actually learn about stuff. And um, yeah, so it, it's been a learning process every day uh, since we've started working on it. And you know, not being able to to face our shortcomings when it comes to uh, you know, not being afraid to face those shortcomings when it comes to technical aspects or more uh, general knowledge and, you know, looking for help. You know, that's why I got James on board as well in the first, uh, because with the partnership stuff, we were lost at the start. I'm not afraid to say it. You know, we were overwhelmed by the amount of attention and having somebody that had more of that experience to help us is, is you know, we're not pretending to be experts at anything. We are good in 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 certain aspects, but there are aspects that I was not, you know, that I didn't know anything about a couple of weeks ago. And again, same for the technical side of things, the blockchain side of things, the dev side of things. Uh, it's it's something that's, you have to, you know, building the team is the most important uh, thing we have done, I think. And having all this knowledge kind of come together and form something is, is amazing to see. Yeah, and like from a personal standpoint, I, I know some people new in the space, Maybe it takes time and just seeing projects develop and stuff, but I'd much rather see a team change and accept maybe things they could have done better and shortcomings and address that and be honest with it and build on it rather than yep. write a white paper and live and die by those words and be so yep. definitive and prideful that they just the project oh, yeah. goes down on that rather than that duality of being able to acknowledge maybe something I could have done better yeah. as everybody in the space, like we're all trying to get better. Absolutely. And if you know, there's people who are thriving to do that as you guys very evidently are doing, it's just such a, such a green flag in the project you know, space it, in that regard. It's my strong belief, even on a, on a personal standpoint that anybody is capable of understanding everything if they are explained properly and, you know, not, they're not, you know, being talked down to, or being treated, you know, inferiorly. Anybody can really understand those things, even in the NFT space, which is something so new. I had to talk about it with my grandfather, and he understood the core aspects of everything going on in the NFT space, and he is over 75 years old. But just because, you know, everything that we see in the NFT space, we have kind of experienced in the real world sort of things, whether that be through online interactions or the financial aspect of it, you know, calling something a mint is is really, is, is you know, developing that vocabulary, but 
this vocabulary, you know, it 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 uh, it refers to events that we know, aspects of real life that we know, and uh, it's just making new words for it. So uh, no, it's, it's it's super interesting to learn. My uh, my father still refers to NFTs as NFQs or QRTs <laughs> or any other yeah. string of num- letters he c- and sometimes numbers that he can think of. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, <laughs> but he's getting there. I think you know anybody's capable of understanding it if they are interested in it, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think on that point, Koi. Uh, the other day, I kind of it was a very rudimentary thread, but I I find the the terminology used in the NFT space so uh, interesting, or the crypto space in general, like hodl. I didn't know that hodl. Obviously, mm. I knew that it meant it was just a rephrasing of hold, right? But it was literally a drunken misspelling of hold in a Bitcoin forum in 2013 (laughs) and it's just been run since then. And for me, I was like, everything has an origin. Everything has that origin and actually going back, looking at the history, it'll tell you the future, you know? And I think it's, it's so interesting just even looking at those terms in the current space tells you a lot. It's another million dollar idea, but kind of, you know, making that first dictionary for the NFT space would be very Oh, I like that. I think that would be a nice project. Because I think that like, the 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 nft space is such a strange confluence of the business world and uh the internet culture yeah, you know and yeah. it's it's like it, it's like memes crashed with wall street and it's really strange <laughs> exactly. and i love it no, <laughs> and, yeah, but it's real. it's so strange I, yeah, and i mean I, even so with yeah, that, i was gonna say just the fact that we can get five people from we got france south africa canada and the united states in one call and yeah. we're and we're not robots. Like yeah, we're all exactly. highly motivated in different directions, but it's not a boardroom with suits and tie where you can't shoot the shit and just be no. like. I think in this space, being your genuine self is yeah. so much more respected. That's why we see and, yeah, yeah. Twitter personalities and like people they relate to in the space because you see mm-hmm. people who have the same interests, same sense of humor as you connect with that also are in turn generating a lot of revenue in different stems and it's yeah it's very cool to be in a space where it's not artificially made to fit a construct but where we are building that construct as yeah. we go through it and that, that i think const- if, yeah oh yeah go ahead no i was just saying you know just that construct is very it's still the wild west and you have all the bad things but also a lot of good things and you know people tend to focus on the bad things which is you know which is also the obvious with the rugs and, and the kind of project that don't deliver and all that kind of stuff. But there is a lot of good that come out, uh, I, I believe, you know, in balance. And I think there's at least as much good uh, as, as bad in those kinds of fields. And just, you know, that, that aspect of connecting everybody through the internet, through the blockchain, I think is just in itself is something that is still very much untapped and something that will be more, you know, uh, looked into in the, in the coming years. Yeah, I mean, I I think on that point, Oscar, the other day in one of our spaces, I kind of said, and it's also what you touched on, Matt, the the boardroom sense, it's, it's, this space is so creative and uh, exciting, because you now have very young, creative and talented people being able to work on things that they ordinarily wouldn't have been able to work on. Because for example, in the traditional space, if you want to be a developer for a massive corporation, 
you have to go through a whole administrative process to get there and you might never get your foot in the door, right? And here we, we, we see game devs being brought on by projects and actually making a living for themselves and expressing themselves and innovating in their own right. And it's, it's not down the traditional line, which I think is opening up a lot of uh, creativity and innovation, which is very important in my, in my opinion. It, it truly is one of the best places to network, connect, grow, and build right now. I don't think there's any other space where you can you can do these types of things. Um, yep. I guess, yeah. So just as we're coming to wrap up here, because we've been crushing this for almost an hour now, is there anything oh, wow. that you guys are just burning to tell us about lofts that we didn't ask or bring up already? Um I'm trying to think because I, I really went every way. <laughs> I, I really went in every direction. We covered every, a lot, every, yeah. <laughs> every sentence. Um, I, I guess I should probably talk about the mint. Oh, yeah. Nah. No, go for it. Well, I mean, you know. We, oh, yeah. Uh, there's actually a cool topic that uh, that we can kind of touch about. We we made the choice of, you know, minting through our own website uh, and not going for, uh, you know, a launchpad, whether that be Magic Eden or Monkey Labs or all that stuff. Uh, because... It, the main idea was to be uh, in charge of of the schedule, uh, and when you're you know dealing with a launchpad, you you're you're subjected to their schedule, and you know we are, we have had a very good kind of feel of when we should release the stuff, and if you know not too early, not too late, and we are at the date now, the nineteenth, which is perfect for us, and also allows us to you know to show. The community that we are able to to organize that we have the the developing uh, knowledge or at least the team the blockchain knowledge to to organize our mint ourselves and i'm pretty confident uh in what we're gonna be able to deliver on saturday uh because we have been working with a team based in paris and uh, it's their first really big project they have been working on on other mints but it was very exciting for them again it's that whole idea of bringing people that are themselves excited for the project you know it's not only a contract, it's something, it's something where they see the potential and they're really interested themselves to work on it. So it's been the same with our, our, our minting on our own website. And just want to, it, it will probably have gone, uh, you know, it will probably air after mint, but just making sure that everything in terms of anti-botting and anti-DDoS and, you know, the actual traffic on the site will not make it crash. Uh, in case we get a lot of traffic, which I expect we, we will have decent traffic for the mintate. Um, yeah, just ensuring those things and uh, yeah, kind of separating ourselves, not necessarily from the space, because showing that we are capable of doing it independently uh, is a strength. And then, of course, uh, secondary market, we will we will turn to, to the popular ones, which are Magic Eden and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah, wow. It, I'm happy to hear you guys have, so, have thought of it that in depth um it is nice to see you know that dev teams are capable of delivering on their own launchpad and project uh, i know that was kind of some criticism some places had um you know if you can't make a launchpad how are you gonna dev this blah, blah, blah whatever but yeah but yeah no that is that's very good to hear uh, actually you know so so one of those tweets in my in my in my timeline it's a very simple tweet but they were saying uh if you have strong devs why are you minting through a launchpad and it kind of made me you know realize that it's it is there is truth in that uh if we are you know i was talking about the marketplace stuff and everything and those are way more complex than just the launchpad but if we can't even guarantee our own launchpad how can we guarantee a marketplace <laughs> afterwards you know so it, it does make sense uh criticism that is warranted and 
and yeah, so it was a big, big thought. Yeah, it it, it was a thought process, and at the same time, you know, launchpads do grant you a form of uh, kind of stability, yep. and you know, you're sure that you'll get uh, that the technical side of things will work, especially for established ones, you know, such as Magic Eden. Um, so yeah, it was kind of juggling with that. Okay, we do it ourselves and pray for the best, or just that safety uh, with our with a launch pad but we chose the independent way i think it's it's more interesting nice. for us in the long yeah run. i'm excited for you guys so thank you i think it just doubles down to the proof of concept and everything you've preached so far to what you believe you can offer in the space in the metaverse and beyond absolutely so uh kind of in closing i have one question that i typically like to ask <laughs> uh, ask guests um Oh, it's it. probably the hardest one on the show, so I apologize if it's if it stresses you out. Uh, yeah, I'm sweating. Um, what is your favorite sandwich, both of you? Huh. You got to go into detail too. You can't just say a baguette with cheese. All right, I'll give you a nice one. Right uh, in my street here in the beautiful city of Metz, we have a sandwich shop called Nera, uh, which does like those very you know uh, customizable again we're back to customization <laughs> bringing the topic around but uh the sandwich are they generative really sandwiches kind of subway but uh, nicer <laughs> i have nothing against subway please sponsor us in the metaverse uh, anyway. uh, so they, they make those very nice sandwiches and i would say ham uh and butter Ooh, Ooh that sounds tasty <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have the cheese as well. A lot of different kind of uh, kinds of cheeses, and Cantal is very nice. Uh, should have some if you come to France. Very I'll, I'll nice, very some, nice. Some I'm getting Cantal hungry food. already. Yeah. I know. I, I need to come over there and have one of these sandwiches. <laughs> casual, exactly. casual. Come over to the just flight and a lunch to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Dinner in Paris. We'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah, we'll yeah. make it happen. How about you, James? And James, Oscar, you know, Oscar, yeah. I didn't have you. I didn't have you as a ham and a ham and butter guy. I went la. I'm a simple man. <laughs> you learn a lot about somebody through their sandwich taste. Hundred yeah, percent. Exactly. Yeah, no, I think uh, I think mine would be to answer that question. There's a place called Lucky Bread here, and uh, obviously oh, they make all they make all their their own breads. And I would say a really crispy ciabatta that's nice and warm in the center, and mm. uh, a posh chicken mayo sandwich. It has to be. Oh right. Me, personally, okay. Me, chicken okay. mayonnaise and ciabatta, man. Nice crispy warm ciabatta. Do you keep your, your pinky out while you eat it? No, nah, no, nah, I double down both hands. Both hands double down. Oh, yeah. I, dive in. I was about I to love say, it. we need to see the whole tokenomics budget uh, to, to, kind of, uh, <laughs> to kind of think for the sandwiches for James here. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, you, you, you got to help my, my addiction, bro. What's up? What's happening there? James doesn't go out to dine. He goes to eat. As he yeah, doubles yes, down in that sandwich. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, well, I mean, heck, we, we've pushed in an hour here. This has been an uh, incredible time to spend with you guys and chat and learn a bit more. It definitely helps helps people make decisions and understand the team that they're that they're buying into and investing with. So thank you. Yeah, oh, thank you so much. Much you know. appreciated, guys. It, it is much appreciated from our, from our part. Uh, it's very humbling, you know, to be on a podcast and, and to be, actually be able to talk to and reach out to, to, to a lot of people and interesting people as well. And uh, yeah, on you know, on behalf of the team, thank you very much for the for the opportunity here. Absolutely, we were super super happy to have you. Super. Yeah, always thank a pleasure. We'll yeah, host the next one. In, uh, of course, of course. Yeah, it's uh, it's nice that we worked all these uh, schedules and timelines together. But 
but the next one we'll have to host in the investor loft. So, absolutely. We will set out. Fantastic with sandwiches. With sandwiches. There might be a CEO one we don't even know exists yet. I say only time will <laughs> One of one lost one. No kidding. Uh, like I say, you have I like the to to secret white paper? Or? The secret white paper? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> We're going to have to cut this part out. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap this up and we'll get it out uh, in the next few days. Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you, Oscar. Thank you, James. See you guys. Pleasure. Pleasure. Thank you for listening to episode three of the Soul Army podcast. We really enjoyed having the time with uh, with the Lofts guys. Those guys were wonderful. Um, if you want to check them out, you can find them on Twitter at Lofts underscore club. Um, you can also probably find a link to them in the description of this podcast. So thanks again, guys, for coming on. That was that was great. And uh, thank you, listeners, for for checking it out. So this is Koi signing off. And I'll see you guys next week.